You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Well, hello again, everyone. This is Doug Thorpe, and you're listening to another episode of Leadership Powered by Common Sense. Today, we are going to visit with a coach who has created his own program called The Heart Method. And he's got a fabulous backstory, one that I definitely resonate with and, and can identify with. His name is Tesos Kotzias. Tesos, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. It was, it's my pleasure to be here with you. And uh, I'm also excited, you know, to have this podcast and this discussion together and uh, provide some uh, valuable insights and great tips and takeaways to our uh, listeners today. Right. Well, in his bio, uh, Tesso shared with me that uh, in in all his corporate journey, he was intrigued by the idea that there were often female peers and colleagues that were coming to him, opening up and expressing concerns about their own lack of confidence, kind of the imposter syndrome, uh, sort of a feeling of low self-esteem and, and all of that. And um, it, it's led him to the creation of this program. So let, let me let you tell us the backstory on that. Fill in more of the details, please. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Doug, for this opportunity. Yes, actually, you know, uh, um, for the last 25 years, uh, more or less, you know, I've been in the corporate world, in the executive world with uh, um, managing different kind of senior roles and senior responsibilities uh, in Greece, where I'm coming from, but also in Europe and also Middle East now for the last 10 years almost. Right. So um, when I started, you know, in this world, you know, I was uh, very excited, you know, I was very, really into it. I was really, you know, working very, very hard, long hours, evenings, nights, mornings, you know, how it is traveling and everything. And this was a quite stressful, uh, stressful situation from time to time, because when you're excited, you know, and you know, want to achieve things, maybe stress is not that visible. You have this, you know, underlying stress, which is a good stress and positive stress in a way. But sometimes, and for some periods of years, it was, it's not uh, always like this, you know, because then uh, you lose control and we, lose, we all lose control of the situation and we feel that we are lagging behind and we start having all these negative emotions and negative feelings about ourselves and self-doubts, etc. And I went through this a um, couple of times throughout this um, uh, career of mine for long periods, for long periods. So similarly... You know, I had the possibility and had the chance, you know, to have this kind of uh, beautiful discussions, you know, with colleagues, especially women and female colleagues that they were coming to me uh, out of, you know, out of interest to see maybe how I uh, work things around and how I, how I challenge myself and how I can surpass these kinds of situations. And back then, you know, I didn't have any any relationship with coaching. I didn't have any training. I didn't have any knowledge. I had studied anything about coaching. Now, of course, I'm a certified coach with ICF, etc. So it's a different ball game. But back then, it was really instinct. It was really instinct. So um, colleagues would come to me, uh, female colleagues would come to me and start asking me, oh, Tassos, you know, I have this issue with my boss. I have this issue, you know, with my career, how I can get balance in my life, how I can get, um, how I can solve any uh, and, cre and create this balanced uh, lifestyle between my career goals and objectives and my personal life or family requirements and family obligations with my kids, my husband, etc. 
So I was just listening there to them, you know, giving them my time. I was there present for them. And I was starting, I was, I was engaging in these kind of conversations purely because of my heart, <laughs> as you said, right? So, so uh, not with any intention, just, you know, because I was enjoying this conversation because they, this conversation would open up for me new chapters in my life and give me also the possibility, you know, to, to self-reflect and challenge also, also myself in similar situations. Uh, and of course, slowly, slowly, you know, by, by doing that, especially the last years being here in Qatar, I had the possibility, you know, to switch to a holistic coaching, get my training, get my certification. And now I'm here to serve um, um, uh, my clients, to serve women, to serve uh, professionals and executives or women that are entrepreneurs, maybe, or business owners. They go through similar challenges and they have to, they want to, uh, to find this balance in their life and really take control of their lives. You know, it, uh, it, it, it is a very interesting journey, and uh, I certainly have a lot of coaching colleagues who have had similar path, pathways uh, coming out of corporate or coming out of some sort of business enterprise to evolve into becoming a coach, and it you know, often the motivations are different. You you get to a place in life, you feel like you've achieved your own level of accomplishment and you want to give back. So you, you turn your eyes to helping others. And, you know, most of us that have done that, I myself included, we, we do it partly in a spirit of, gee, I hope I can help somebody else not suffer the things I suffered. You know, exactly. give, them, give them a little warning, give them a little encouragement prior to an event happening. But I, I want to start with hanging on to one of the things you said in that, that lead up. Uh, you know, you, you talked about the stressors and sometimes it's good stress and other times it's bad stress, but often it's, it's quiet stress. It's, it's, it's a, it's a building boil that you don't really realize is there. And sometimes it, it becomes evident maybe with a promotion, you get moved up the organization and all of a sudden you've hit the ceiling and everything you thought you could do well, all of a sudden doesn't seem like it's so good anymore. And, and now you need to make some kind of change to, to be more effective in the new role. So what else do you think contributes to the building of that stress in a, in a leader's life? Well, a lot of things contribute to the, to the, to this kind of stress. I would highlight stress with that with Paul, the big letters, right? Because it's a disease. Actually, it's a disease. If we cannot control it, and if we, if it's not the positive stress, the one that is really giving us the boost, the excitement to create things or to serve or to, or to serve that, like in our profession right now as coaches, right? If you, if you're not coming from a place where you want to serve, and honestly and authentically serve the other and create impact and create a value to the life of someone else, then you're stressed. Why? Because you're not aligned with your values. You're not aligned with your, um, with your purpose in life. So for me, the number one uh, factor for the creating the stress in leaders is that most of the time, 90% of the time, of the times, they are not aligned with their true values and their true purpose of life. 
And this is, I think, where we need to start uh, either our discussion today or when we start a coaching, let's say, container, a coaching agreement, a coaching session with a, with a, with a client or with a coachee or with anyone, or even with a friend, with our wives, with our children, you know, with everyone. It's, it's starting from there. What are my values? And also come going even before one step back, who am I? Right? And right. Who, uh, who, who I think I am really, honestly, authentically, deep down inside. What is my true self? What's my authentic self? We also say that a lot of times, you know, my authentic self, my true self, and all these, what I'm saying, I need to allow, we need to align, etc. But how do we do that? And how do we really, really, really deep, um, uh, dive deep down in these questions for ourselves, first of all, so that we really conquer this space and we really understand what it means to us so that then we can serve back and we can create impact. So with the leaders is the same. If you have many leaders, you have many leaders, you know, from this, from the owners, the owners of the companies, this, the entrepreneurs themselves to the uh, shareholders, this, the different stakeholders, the investors, the uh, senior management, the C-suite, the directors, everyone, everyone, up to the up to the to any level of organization. You know, if this alignment with the values and the purpose is not there, then of course there will be stress. And then you know, if you start with this, and I'm the, the founder of the company, or I'm the CEO of the company, or whatever the chair, the president, the chairman of the company, and I don't have this alignment myself, then I cannot guide you, I cannot guide my managers, I cannot guide my directors, I cannot my, guide my colleagues on how to achieve this so that we are more aligned and then we can create a professional environment and a, work, and a working environment with less stress. I like that. that. That key idea of aligning from your your own personal sense of purpose and values. And I frequently, when I open up an engagement with a coaching client, I will get them to do an exercise. I call it my three circle exercise. If you imagine a, a Venn diagram, three circles mm -hmm. overlapping with the classic triangle in the middle of commonality among all three, I define the three circles. One is the leader you want to be, your personal values, your focus, your vision, your sense of purpose, all of that. Two is the leader the company is asking you to be whether that's the board asking a CEO to be a certain way, whatever, or your senior manager is asking you to be something. And third circle is the leader your people need you to be. Those who report up to you in the organization or those for whom you have responsibility, what are they asking for? What are, what are they telling you they need? And it's it's always interesting to see an individual's look at that and and the assessment of the alignment on one hand i've actually had a client do that exercise and go i think i'm at the wrong company i think i you know i think i need to go do something yeah. else and mm -hmm. um and, and that's insightful and, and it's important because if if that alignment is wrong or off um there's going to be a lot of stress, a lot of frustration, a lot of incompatibility that's going to constantly be present. But then in other cases, I've had other people really get excited because they realize that sense of uh, alignment that they do have. Now they see it on paper and they go, oh, that's why I feel this way. Man, I am so motivated. I'm so excited 
this is really a great fit, and I've got all these great opportunities, and so on and so on. And for everybody in between those two extremes, there's opportunity to do some work to say, yeah, I'm at the right company. I just may not be doing my job the way I need to be doing it. And for some, they haven't even thought about their own sense of defining the leader they want to be. They've just kind of gotten on the treadmill of they got picked, you know, years ago to be a supervisor for the first time. And then from there, they got promoted to manager and manager to director, director to VP, and so on and so on. Yeah. And it just became a journey, but they never really thought about what that meant on how they should be showing up. Yes. And if I may add something, a very, very good point here, Doug, it's what you said when we're in this treadmill, as you called it, right? Or as I call, as I say, the autopilot we're living, yeah. right? Most of our lives. In the end of most of my of most of our days and uh, and hours and minutes on an everyday basis when we're there and then we get the you know we always have this cheese like you know the the mice in the treadmill they have the cheese and they have go run after that and they can never be uh, be able to catch it because you may get this small fulfillment when you get a promotion for example so you get a small promotion say let's say oh i'm excited i got promoted you know i'm good i can do that and all that and then you get a second promotion and then you go all the way up to the ladder but then you realize at some point you like that something is missing and when something is missing then this where this misalignment is coming um uh, ahead of us, in front of us, and then we really understand that yes, okay, all these small, small joys or those small, small uh, moments of uh, fulfillment—they were very, very short, but they were not giving us the overall uh, joy or the overall happiness that we could have or we should have, or the ones that we could ask for ourselves. You know, it's it's exactly like when you buy something. You, for example, you know how it is. You buy a new car and you're very excited and you say, oh, I love my car. It's super, uh, super powerful and this. And okay. And then after two months, three months, six months, you forget about the, how how nice the car is. And then you're looking, you're going for another car. Looking at <laughs> And you're looking else, for the right. next model. And then you're looking for the next model. Right. But unless you say, unless you say, this is the car of my life. This is what how this car or this asset or this house or this this wife, this husband, this life, anything, because it expands all the all the all the different dimensions of our life. Right? It's the same for me, it's the same more or less uh, feeling. It's the same for uh, being in a relationship. Since I mentioned wife and husband, is the same being in a relationship. You know, you wake up one morning after many years of wedding or marriage, and you look back and you say, hmm, okay. Now what? Now what? Yeah. <laughs> is it the right person for me? Is not the right person for me? You know, should, should I have taken that? Should I have taken this? Should I have, why? Should, why do I have maybe this regret? A few years ago, or few, when I met someone and I didn't make the move, or I was not bold enough, you know, to take the move, or what? And you always have this kind of regrets uh, in, in your head. So yeah. it's similar. It's similar, I yeah. think, for all the, for all the emotions of life. Right. Well, let's uh, let's turn the page. I, I did allude to the program that you've developed. You call it the HEART methodology for coaching, uh, and I know that HEART is an acronym. So, tell us the mm-hmm. story of that. What are the elements there that you work with? 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you for studying this. I'm excited about heart uh, coaching because it really is an acronym, as you said, which really represents uh, the five different dimensions or the five different steps that someone can go, can start this journey in order to be really, really transformed. So maybe you realize already the fifth step, which is transformation, which is the T for heart, right? But let's start from the beginning. So H is for holistic, holistic approach in life, holistic balance, holistic harmony, holistic um, mindfulness, anything has to do with how we bring our life, our everyday life in a balance, in harmony with ourselves, with our surroundings, with our loved ones, with our careers, with our jobs, with our assets, anything around uh, this holistic balance. So this is age for heart. E is for empowerment. I mean, if, if I may, let's break these down as we go. So the the holistic, I think, is very important because it, I, I was guilty of it in my early career. I tried hard. It, it seemed like it was important for me to separate who and what I was at work with who and what I was at home. And I got to a place, and now in hindsight, when I look at it and talk about it, I say it's like I had a whole skin on, and when I would get home, I would peel all that off and hang it on the door and go inside and live my private life. And then in the morning, I would put it back on and go to work and, and be this person. The irony, and, and not to get too deep into the weeds in, in, in my personal journey, but the irony was the skin that I put on to go to work was not the fake one. That was the, that was the real one, <laughs> mm. but I was having trouble at home. I'd made a bad decision about a marriage and, and I, I was living a whole different life at home that I was trying to figure out and do the best I could, but it was a struggle and it, I couldn't, I felt like yes. I could not be real in that moment. And it, um, it just led to a lot of things, which ultimately led to a divorce. But, um, you know, being able to get to a place in life, the partner you choose to live with, plus the work you choose to do, having all that. And, and I love your word, and I've adopted it for some time now, harmony, not balance, but harmony. Yeah, you know, bring, exactly. them, bring them both together simultaneously because <clears throat> they're happening simultaneously. Correct. This is correct. And also another term that we can use if for some people, maybe it can help them a lot. It could be integration. So how mm -hmm. can we integrate, you know, our professional role with our family role and, you know, everything that we, everything that we, we do during the day. So it's not like, okay, I work eight hours a day. That's one part of my life. I go back home. I spend another four, five, six hours, eight hours of sleep, whatever. That's the second part or the third part of my life. And I have my social relations, my friends, whatever. That's another part of my life. It's how we integrate all of this together to feel, as you nicely said, that how I can be real and authentic in all these parts of my life during the 24 hours that I'm given, I'm giving, you know, to, to experience, to rest, to, to uh, work, to enjoy anything, you know, so how we can integrate that. So yes, harmony, integration, it's their keys, their key uh, words and their keys, you know, to this kind of holistic approach, to this kind of holistic achievement. Uh, in life, in life. So that's why for me, the heart is one of the critical uh, uh, steps to start with. Because once you have conquered this step, once you have really, really 
uh, you're really full, self-aware, and self-aware of what holistic means for you and how this plays such an important role in, in your life, then you can go and then you go to the E, which is the empowerment. Because empowerment will come automatically. Once we have this holistic understanding and holistic way of, of uh, working, of living, of experiencing, then empowering, empowerment will come automatically because we will feel more self-empowerment, first of all, and we will start radiating and, and, um, and um, uh, emanating this empowerment to our, uh, to our environment, so to our colleagues, to our family, etc. And then through this empowerment, yeah, please go ahead. We will ask well, I was going to ask, with the empowerment, what, what came to my mind was the idea that often people, and, and we all do it, I'm, I do it from time to time still, in, in spite of what I know about it and how to avoid it, is the idea of operating with limiting beliefs. You know, it's uh, the therapists tell us it often starts with childhood. You know, you were told you weren't pretty enough, weren't fast enough, weren't smart enough, weren't whatever. And that gets programmed in the brain. And then you get into adult life and a moment comes up and that tape plays again. And you go, yeah, see, that's why I can't do this or that's why I fail. But to me, the, what I heard and th thought about when you said empower, it's the whole idea of overcoming those limiting beliefs and and really feeling empowered to you know keep moving forward and 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 keep working on the the track you now believe you belong. Yes, correct, and this is what coaching is all about, right? It's about this, about the present and the future. Of course, we support as coaches, we can support you know, our clients with a little bit of some things from the past, right? But if there's deep, if there are emotions or limiting beliefs that are really ingrained in our past, in our in their behavior, in our in our emotions, in our feelings, in the, in the, in the thoughts, then of course therapists can help and can support. But we right. as coaches, we need to focus on the present and on the future. And say, okay, if you understand that these are some uh, some limiting beliefs, how can you cope with them now in the present? And say, so how how can you get rid of these some of these limiting beliefs or weaken them so that you have the capacity and uh, you have the capacity, and you have the skill, and you have the the appetite, even the appetite, right? You know, the, to, to really move forward and really uh, be transformed and uh, really achieve what you want to achieve and how to be the best version of yourself. So this is right. what coaching is, doing, is all about. So right. with this empowerment, right. with this empowerment, and of course, that's why you need people's, people, and we all, all of us, we need support. We need support with our network. It doesn't have to be a coach, but it can be from our network. It can be from someone that has studied a, a specific sub subject or something. A dear, a dear loved one that can, uh, can support us and can give us some advice. And then if we resonate with this advice, then we can move forward. So the network is important. Getting advice is important in that aspect of getting this empowerment back that we need. Then having this empowerment, having achieved this empowerment, acceptance is coming. Because when I know that I'm, um, I know that I'm very well aligned with my values and I have, uh, I have understood how I can live a holistic life and a holistic, and a holistic, uh, let's say, harmony integration, as we said, on a, on a daily basis, on every moment, every hour of our day, and we get this empowerment, then self-acceptance shows up. 
because then we're starting to take care of ourselves. We're starting to love ourselves more. We're starting to be more compassionate and be more understanding with ourselves. This is where it starts. And then when we have this, we all started receiving the acceptance also from the third parties, from outside, from, from, our, um, from our surroundings and from our network. And then this feels even better. It feels even better because all of a sudden we get this, you know, support on, on our back. Wow, well done, you know, Tasha, well done, you achieved this, well done, move on, well done, you can do better. So immediately we receive this kind of acceptance because we have the self-acceptance and we have this empowerment uh, already built for us now. And then step by step with the work that we're doing and the consistency that we're doing, because it's a kind of training, right? It's kind of conditioning ourselves, you know, like in physical training, you, you train and you condition yourself to different kinds of situations. For example, I'm coming also from a martial arts background. I'm still doing I'm a practitioner of Kung Fu, right, in China. So it's a, it's a, it's a conditioning. The way the same way you train your body and you condition your body, it's the same the same way you uh, you train you condition your mind, your emotions, your spirituality, and everything. This doesn't stop. This is I'm a great believer in that. So after the A, which is the acceptance for the heart model, we have the resilience, because the more you train, in brackets, the more you exercise, the more you condition your minds, your thoughts, your reactions, your emotions, uh, all, these, all these feelings, and, um, and, you, and you get the spiritual connection also that you need, then you can have really high level of resilience so that you can overcome and can surpass anything that's thrown in, it or in, in front of you, anything. It can be any difficult challenges. Of course, unfortunate, unfortunate things happen in our life, you know, unfortunate situations, difficult situations, uh, sad situations. Of course, this happens to everyone. The question is, how do we cope with that? Can we cope? And if we can cope, if we know how to cope, how can we, how can we come back stronger? How you know, can you build this resilience? If I may jump in there, you, you raise a good point uh, with the uh, COVID pandemic and all the uh, struggles people had uh, figuring out the new way to work and, and all of that, the, the word and topic of resilience became a hot topic. There was a lot of discussion and, you know, as, as you were describing how it plays out in your methodology there, it, it really does make sense. If you haven't done the preparatory training, the repetitions, the building up of endurance and capacity, you you probably will struggle with resilience because the demands of the work just wear you down and, and break you down. And I, I've heard people do work, do whole workshops on resilience and and their solution is get away for the weekend you know go to the mountains go to the boat go go fishing play golf enjoy the family and i think all those things are good for certainly temporary wholeness back to your holistic thinking but without the conditioning to build up your capacity, you will constantly be suffering with resilience because it'll just be a roller coaster of, 
okay, I did my little weekend retreat. Now I feel better. I'm mobile, energized. My head's clear. I want to get back to work. And by Wednesday of the new week, you're, you're down again. <laughs> you're you're exactly. down again, right? Yes, you're perfectly right. Yes, of course, these kind, these kind of small uh, breakouts, you know, they are uh, nice injections, you know. It's, 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 a, it's a great way, you know, to, to get some, uh, calm, to feel a little bit uh, calmer, you know, get back a little bit to our roots, go out to nature. Of course, all this help. But as you said uh, correctly, yeah, in the long term, what? So how do you really... How do you really transform yourself? And how do you really, um, as we said, condition yourself in order to really have long-term resilience that really protect us? And you know, resilience protects us, by the way, in all aspects, physically, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It's a matter of resilience. Because for sure, in a, in a span of life, for sure bad things will come in our way for sure challenging situation will come in this way. So we need to be proactive to build this kind of resilience in order to be able to face these problems. For example, you said, I don't want to use your example necessarily, but you said, okay, you went through a divorce. A divorce is not a, an easy situation. It's a very painful situation for both of them, for both of the people. It doesn't matter right. if someone is right or someone is wrong. It's not about that, but it's a painful situation. So. It really depends on your resilience on how you cope with this painful situation and how you really move forward so that you don't have this kind of limiting beliefs or this kind of traumatic experience when you go out to meet your next new partner. Right. Right. Because then you will have it all, all of them, the big weight carrying on your next step. And that's also can be a dramatic if you, uh, if you have not built this kind of resilience. Right. Not, uh, totally agree. So going there in the in next in the next final step of the heart model is a transformation. You know, it's really looking back and say, okay, I started when I was at here, step one, how I find my holistic uh, harmony, integration, balance, and now look where I am now. I'm a completely transformed person. I'm more empowered. I'm more accepted. I'm more resilient. So I'm transformed, basically. And then it really depends on the work that someone wants to do with himself or herself to really get a full transformation in the super best version of himself or herself or wherever, you know, someone is happy, you know, to stop and say, okay, this is my limit. This is where I is. I'm very happy. I'm very grateful where it's here. And I go on like this with my life. You know, a lot packed into that, and, uh, and thank you for sharing that model. That's um, that's a really great framework to think about of the progression. But I, but I think what I heard you say is, in, in even in your own practice, that that's kind of the early stage, uh, revealing that, sharing that with a client, and then does it stay? Do you, do you reflect on that the whole way through the engagement with your clients? Do you come back you mean to especially that? especially holistic, the holistic approach? Yeah, of course, because this is what I'm specializing, yes. It's about holistic coaching, and this is what it's about. The heart model is about the holistic coaching and how to achieve this transformation. Because you need to sustain this. You need to sustain this. If it's, again, if it's only for a weekend, as you said before, right. it wouldn't work. It cannot work. It has to be right. for life. Has to be for life. You right. need to do. We need to do drastic changes 
if we really want to transform ourselves. We need to take difficult decisions if we want to transform ourselves. We need to take, we need to really maybe uh, uh, keep out some people, some things, you know, from our network, from our everyday life. Just forget about them, keep them out, remove them from our life in order to be really transformed. Right. In this, in the way we want, of course, right? And uh, it depends how how important it's for us. It's for everyone how important it is. If something is not important, we'll never do it. You know, even if you coach, you know, you have the, we have the similar experience. If you have a client, a coachee, and uh, coaches with you for two months, three months, six months, one year, but deep down inside, they don't have the urge, they don't have the importance, they don't have, they don't know why it's important for them to change something in their lives or to achieve a goal or to really uh, achieve something big for them or overcome a challenge that they may have, they will never do it. It will never happen. No way. Whatever you tell them, whatever I tell them, whatever the, the people around them tell them, it will never happen if we deep down ourselves, we don't have the, 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 uh, uh, the uh, let's say, the urge and the, um, and the understanding of what is important for us and why it's important for us. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and uh, I continually stay amazed at, at times when I begin work with clients. And again, I go back to my very fundamental model that our modern business world has a weird way of picking managers. We we go out to a team and we look around and we identify the best performer on that team, and we say, "You're going to be the next supervisor," and that starts a journey for that person and and maybe they're successful maybe they're not but for even those that are so-called successful by perpetually getting promoted up the chain they still have never really embraced the idea of who do i want to be as a leader and and yes you can do a lot of schooling and get to be better managers from a technical standpoint Mm -hmm. But until you kind of open the book on what it means to be a leader, you're going to be perpetually chasing something that you can't seem to identify. And, yeah. Yeah. and that's, a, that's a struggle. Yeah, that's a big struggle. And I'm really amazed, uh, Doug, and I'm really, I'm really surprised why in 2023, right, we have so many corporates all over the world, they don't, they do, they do not embrace the coaching slash mentoring approach with older people, not just the leaders and the managers, older people. You know, right. the ancient civilizations, the Greeks, not because I'm Greek, but the Greeks, the Chinese, you know, even, even other civilizations, they always had coaches slash mentors, they were calling them mentors, basically, you know, for the children, the children when they were five years old and seven years old and 10 years old to be educated properly so that they can be good leaders, they can be good people, first of all, first of all, good people, second, good leaders, good fighters, good, good family members, good fathers, or whatever, you know, and, and it was happening 2,000 years ago, 2,500, 3,000 years ago, why not now? I'm, right. I'm really amazed, I'm really surprised, I cannot give this kind of answer, I don't know why, and it's really a pity, it's really a pity, because there's so much talent, there's so much potential out there, we can nurture, we can nurture and we can support, 
and we can create so much impact for the betterment of the society, right? And the betterment of the world and the, and the impact on a global scale of, of the human race in the end, right? Not right. about producing more products or producing more services. We don't need more products. We have a lot. We don't need more services. We have a lot, right? What we're missing, what we're missing is this betterment of the, uh, of the, of the human race for the global balance and in order to avoid this polarization and all these conflicts that are happening all over the world. Right. I agree with you. I think if everybody was able to have a better sense of that holistic self, they, they feel empowered in their own right for who and what they are and how they might contribute to the greater good, I think everybody would be less prone to argue and fight about causes and ideas because there's an there to your point there truly is enough for everybody you just have to think about it differently and and yes. I, I i love that whole holistic idea yeah, very good point yes and you know what coming back a little bit to the common sense because your podcast is about common sense right right I always wonder, you know, since I was a child, since I was a, a teenager, right, and a student in the university, I was like saying to myself, yeah, of course, everything's about common sense and it's about common sense. But, but is there really common sense? Well, when we are coming from different backgrounds or right. different religions or different cultures or different conditioning on our childhood, you know, how can we have common sense? Right. Well, people have heard me say this before. I, at, at one point early on in, in my building of this show and the, the brand, I was engaged with a marketing company and they came to me and they said, oh, you got to get rid of that, that title and tagline. That's horrible. That's going to offend so many people. I go, what? And, and they said, leadership powered by common sense. You're, that's so off-putting. What if somebody doesn't have common sense? They're not going to like that. And I, I said, no, I think I'm going to stick with this. And guess what? You're not my marketing company anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I totally agree with you because, of course, there are ways to create this. There are ways to bring people closer to the to. But we have to be open. All of us need to have an open dialogue. We need to be ready to be open. We need to be ready to listen. And this is another big issue that's missing, you know, from this world: to be present and listen. The you know the root of my passion for thinking this way about my show and my own work is uh, part of it goes back to some of my early training in the military. You know the military has a, a saying. It's called the Kiss Principle: Keep it simple, stupid. And um, but the the value in that is that you can overwhelm somebody with complexity and technical you know baggage and they lose sight of the mission, they lose sight of the goal. How am I going to go to a point from point A to point B? How do I get there? That's, that's the common sense element. And that, that's the real spirit in what I'm doing today is the world is so, and I see this in big business especially, the world is so focused on complicating things. We have complicated products. We have, you know, all these proprietary mixes and, and components and, and parts and elements in our product and all the technical stuff that goes with that is, 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 it is very complex. And on one hand, I say, you know, 
God love the technology world. I mean, you know, we all live by our phones, right? And, and all the technology that goes in that, that's great. But when we start talking about moving teams of people toward a goal, it's got to be simple. It's got to be mm-hmm. clear. Mm-hmm. It's got to have focus. It's got to have priority. And I also borrow a phrase out of the sales world, a confused mind says no. And when exactly. people get confused, and, and this is to you leaders out there, um, if if you're not creating clarity for your people and you wonder why they stare at you with this blank gaze, you've probably confused them. They don't yeah. want to do the, the wrong thing, so they're doing nothing until you tell them what the right thing is. Yes, exactly. And then there is no sufficient delegation. Then you cannot, then there's completely uh, imbalance within the department, between the manager, the leader, and the um, and the team, the team members, and, you know, all the messes, the messes right. happening. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> Just because of this. Of course, simplicity is key. Simplicity is key. You know, simplicity is key. So once we have the focus and we are present, talking in, te- in terms of holistic and mindfulness, right? Once we are present, we can be focused. If we are focused, we can be very simple. And we can say, this is what I need to be done. A, B, C, finished. You know, you don't, usually you don't need more than two or three bullet points. In right. whatever, That's right. In whatever, in whatever you're creating. That's right. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tessos, this has been wonderful, man. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us. Tell folks the best way to get a hold of you if they're looking to learn more from you. Uh, thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. Yes, they can reach me by through my website, which is my name. Basically, it's uh, www.tassos, that's T-A-S-S-O-S, Kozias, K-O-T-Z-I-A-S, dot com. And of course, they can find me on LinkedIn, in social media, Facebook, Instagram, with my name. And uh, I'm happy. I'm happy, you know, to offer any kind of service, any kind of support. I have also a 30 minutes free consultation call for anyone that wants to get to know me better. I can give them really in the 30 minutes a great opportunity, you know, to exchange ideas and see, you know, how I can support them and what kind of how I can help them uh, achieve their goals and surpass any challenge they may have. That's great. So, um, well, as always, forward, yeah. I was going to say, as always, folks, we'll have uh, links, and I've got a good, robust list of links for uh, Tezos here, and uh, we'll have all of that in the show notes, as we always do. So just uh, click down on your your link here, and, and you'll find all of that information. So one last time, thank you for sitting in. It's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you and getting to know you. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. All the best. Uh, thank you you and uh, let's catch up another time as well you know we have sure. a lot of uh, things to, to discuss i think with a similar uh, course of life i think so i think so well with that folks we're going to wrap this up say goodbye and encourage you to go out there and make it a great day but i want to remind you there's a video version of this show over on youtube channel by the same name so if you're listening on your favorite streaming service right now click over to youtube you can pull up the video and look at the archives of all the other episodes we've had so with that again i'm going to say goodbye go out there make it a great day You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, 
visit DougThorpe.com.